Thank you for joining me, Masood. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. I appreciate it very much. And Steve, thank you for joining us as well. It's good to be with you. So to start, Masood, could you tell us more about your organization, We Are Many, United Against Hate? What is your movement's primary goal? My main goal is to build unity in classrooms and communities in a nonpartisan way. So I started this movement back in 2016, where I received a phone call from a local TV station that there is a discussion in the White House about starting a Muslim registry in America. And that was the saddest day of my life. I don't know how I'm going to respond. So I went on television, the question was asked, and I responded back by saying, look, I came from India 40 years ago, and I gave up my Indian citizenship 25 years ago based on what this country offers. So singling out a minority-based religion is not what America is all about. As I was describing, I got emotional, and a thought came to my mind, and I said, but I like the idea of starting a registry that will bring people together, regardless of their ethnicity, color, religion, or even political affiliation. I said, I'm announcing I'm going to start a movement called Anti-Hate Registry because I'm concerned about what would happen over the next several years. It's not just going to be the White House and the Muslim community. It's going to be the White House and the Jewish community. So that's how this movement started. And the next day when the program was aired, I got 500 emails from people who watched me. And they signed me up. That's exactly what's needed to bring this country together. What we do typically is that this is a nonprofit, nonpartisan. So I created an advisory board of people representing different communities. And then the focus was mainly education based on my experience with 9-11, how important it is. A lot of people are reacting out of fear, confusion, and hate. And so engagement was very critical. So what we do through this movement is we have educational programs and it is empowered by students. And the way we do educational program is a real life stories of people. So you name, you look at all the former head groups that are all on our board. We take them to classrooms and communities to build unity. The other part we do through this is a nonpartisan program about policy, because that is so critical that elected officials of both parties have to come together to condemn these kinds of things and make sure this country remains united and not divided. Do you generally work with youth or do you also work with adults? Is that is it sort of a range? We work with everybody. The reason we want to engage youth is because we want to empower them. And when we share our stories, what we learn, it resonates with them quite a bit. And since we want to empower them, they have taken the leadership role of starting chapters of We Are Many United Against Hate. So there are several chapters when they decide to start a chapter, we ask the principal of those schools to assign two to four students from that school to serve on our student ambassador board. I think that we strongly believe, and we are many united against hate, that engaging the student at early stage is critical. Because if you look at all of these former hate groups, most of their target is youth. So we want to start it from the very beginning, and that's where our movement is grassroots. We are engaging them early on. 
It sounds like your primary goal is youth outreach, something that Steve, who is on your board, also prioritizes with the Madison Lawyers Chapter of the American Constitution Society. So, Steve, can you tell us more about how youth engage with this program and how it might be related to Masood's program as well? I have a connection with Masood going back to 2016 because I was one of those who responded immediately to the call, actually through my church. But I've also been a civil rights lawyer for 40 years, and out of that interest became involved with the American Constitution Society, which works very hard to make our justice system accessible, fair, and promoting the interests of all diversity, of whether it's racial, ethnic, or economic, or even political. As part of that, ACS has a, a national program that provides a curriculum that is packaged and can be provided and made available to schools targeted at various levels, whether it's elementary or middle school or high school. And that has been one of the priorities of the Madison Lawyers chapter, along with trying to provide commentary on a progressive perspective on the law and promoting democracy. And and of course, promoting democracy in the schools to school children is, is critical for the very reasons that Masood mentioned. So we, we have partnered with United Against Hate on an initiative of Samba Balda, represent state representative who put together a sort of a youth legislative day at the Capitol. We participated in that by providing ACS materials about democracy, about how the government is designed to work. I guess the key feature of that being how the government is designed. And this, I mean, the unique experience of this country is that the government answers to the people. And we want to make sure that students understand that that gives them a responsibility as when they become adults to participate and to make sure that our system does respond to the people as it is supposed to. And of course, democracy is the primary mechanism that we use for that. And and so we try to promote that at every opportunity that we have. And we were delighted to participate with United Against Hate on that. So when it comes to your education program on the legislative process for youth, was there a specific event that inspired you, Steve, or was it over the course of your career noticing a need for that sort of outreach? Well, I've perceived a need for that throughout my career and and even before that when I was a student. When I was a student, I'm old enough that I remember we had civics classes and we, we learned about the branches of government and how they the separation of powers and the and how a bill becomes a law and the principles of democracy and I have the suspicion that it's not hasn't been emphasized as much as it used to be when I was a kid and I'm really delighted that ACS has professionally designed curricula and tools that that we can make available to the schools. One other thing I can mention is Steve, you know, I get lots of phone calls from overseas students who come here in the United States. Quite often they share rooms with those who are born in this country and they sit together to talk to each other. Quite often they call me and then they would say, you know, I'm living with these people who are born in this country. I can tell you, I know heck of a lot more about the US (laughs) constitution than these people do. So I think we take something for granted in this country. And I think it is very important that we need to have some programs like civic education continuously, as you mentioned, Steve, when you were growing up, you know, you were taught a lot more than what we have been taught nowadays. So I think that's very, very important that we need to keep reminding people, don't take things for granted. 
U.S. Constitution is pretty solid. We need to follow it and continuously do civic education. I think that's very critical to build the unity. Masood, you mentioned that you've already had some students form their own chapters of United Against Hate. But I was curious, in general, what sort of response do you get when you go to schools? So far, the response has been overwhelming. For example, the very first event in 2016 that we did at Manona Terrace, we had 500 people attended that, and we invited the students. And we have only one focus. We have a farmer, white supremacist, who changed his life completely changed. Now he's promoting peace. We have him on our advisory board. Another person whose dad was killed by the same group that Arno started. We invited those guys to come and talk and share their personal story. Why somebody started the hate group, the target person whose dad was killed and how they got together and then started promoting peace as well. Got that and four weeks later, I got a call from Mount Horrible School teacher. And they said, hey, I want to talk to you about. Two of my students went to your event and attended the whole three hour And after they came back, they shared the flyer that you have. And this is what they said. After listening to Arno and Part B, our life completely changed. And call this organization in Masood to bring those guys back to Mount Harvey School so all 800 students can listen to the same message. Those two students were the first who we recruited on our student ambassador board. So that's the kind of message and the response that we get from these students. When they listen to these real life stories, their story change and they want to make a change and they keep themselves as a nonpartisan and they, they talk to community people, they talk to parents and other and promote it. And now what they are doing and not only what they are doing in the classrooms, but now they're coming up and they are saying, I want to promote the same thing what I'm doing. So all other students in other schools can do that. Now, I think that has led into, there was an event that was sponsored by the U.S. Department of State two years ago in Madison. They asked us to organize the event, being started, you know, invited students as well who participated. I can tell you, these delegates from Africa, Middle East, and, and Europe, they listened to them. And once they returned back to their country, it resulted into five overseas chapters at the school's level. So that's the power when students are engaged in a nonpartisan way, and then they listen to the story and then they start sharing it. That makes it even more powerful. And Steve, how do the kids respond to the Youth Legislative Day? And in general, how do they respond to your work? I think kids are, for the most part, very idealistic. There was a period in my life, for example, where um, I became very disillusioned when I found out that there are lots of ways in which our government and our society does not live up to those ideals. And, And so what I try to emphasize to the kids is that, you know, when the Constitution was written with its flowery language about all men being created equal and the Constitution being to promote the general welfare for all people, We have to remember that at the time of that writing, the political opportunity to vote and participate in in democracy was reserved to landed white gentlemen. So I don't want to keep the two of you too long, but I was wondering if there was anything else you'd like to share with our listeners. Well, I think the most important thing right now is what we are seeing in this country. Everybody has the responsibility to reach out to elected officials of both parties they see something, they should ask them to condemn. 
engage them and and work together to make sure because there is no second America. We have to emphasize the fact, I think more than ever, I'm 74 years old, I've never been as afraid for our democracy in my whole life. I had always just assumed that our democracy, yes, there's crazies and there's hate, there's dysfunctional things happen, but our democracy is strong enough and to land on its feet. But now I realize, you know, we can't just trust in that. We have to take responsibility for that. Thank you for joining me, Steve. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Masood, as well. Thank you very much. Excellent.